I am Liz Wright. Welcome to Live Your Best Life. The only thing that matters now is living by the power of this wonderful new creation life. We're going to become an undefeatable force of radiating glory, and we are rising up strong now in this hour. Hi, family. Thank you for tuning into this week's what's going to be an amazing, I think, life-changing episode of Live Your Best Life with, of course, Mila's right. And my conversation today is going to be an extremely special one. I have the honor and the privilege of being able to talk with a woman who has influenced the lives of millions around the world. She is a well-loved and respected apostolic and prophetic minister who she's been involved in media. She's a very established author. She's an established network overseer. There's many, many things that she has accomplished through her incredible partnership with Jesus. And so we have the privilege of being able to sit at her feet, so to speak, today and just listen to some of the wisdom that has come as a result of her walking with Jesus for many, many years. It is my joy and my honor to welcome into the conversation Patricia King. Patricia, welcome. Oh, thank you so much, Liz. And thank you for all you're doing to advance the kingdom and and for your passion for the Lord and the way that it ignites others. And so it's an honor to be with you today. Oh, no, thank you so much for your encouragement. It means a lot. So, Patricia, just to start, just, just maybe there's probably one or two of you out there, maybe, if that, <laughs> that don't know who Patricia is. But for those who don't, could you just give us a little bit of your background, Patricia? How did you meet Jesus? Yes, I, I'd love to. I actually met Jesus in my early slash mid-20s, and mm-hmm. uh, we were living in Canada at the time. I came to a real crisis in my life and uh, was all messed up, just undone in every area of of life, body, soul, and spirit. And that's where Jesus found me and came into my life. It was like liquid love filling me and feeling the the influence of guilt and shame and sin leaving my body and being filled with new life. And so that was my beginnings. And that was about almost 50 years ago now. And uh, then uh, very shortly after that, actually immediately after I was born again, um, I was out sharing the gospel. I just couldn't keep quiet about it. I was telling my neighbors, my friends, uh, those that I was in the new age with and and, uh, just sharing the good news. And that just grew over the years into what would be known now as a public um, ministry of serving the Lord uh, for his people in mission fields, um, reaching out to the lost. And so we just celebrated 41 years of full-time public ministry this wow. last June. And so it's been an honor to serve him. Wow. Because I know you are you are known for your compassion and just all the work that you've done all over the world and just reaching out and moving in miracles and signs and wonders and revealing the heart of Jesus and his presence, you know, wherever you go. It's your life is inspirational. It really is. It just for me, I look at you and I see what love looks like. I see what it looks like to have a true, authentic relationship with Jesus and to live, live the truth, not just know the truth. And so can you share with us like a couple of things that the Lord has given you, keys that the Lord has given you that have enabled you to just sustain the walk with him in in the midst of real difficulties and challenging situations, how you've stayed connected and walking in that intimacy with him. I feel like the bottom line is to know the love of God. When you know the love of God for yourself, when you've been touched by that love yourself, then no matter what you go through, 
the the memory of it, even if you're not feeling it in the moment, the memory of it, the knowing of that love will keep you. And at a very early age in the Lord and very early part of my journey, um, I was introduced to the power of the cross and gazed upon what Jesus did for us on the cross where he laid his life down and uh, wasn't thinking of himself. He was thinking of us. And so when I get into hard places, that's what I remember. And Jesus said that he would, um, or we're taught in the epistles rather, to, to fellowship with the sufferings of Christ. So the sufferings of Christ were love sufferings. That's what he suffered on the cross for us, to give his life for us. So that became a real life message for me. Um, as I was walking through various trials and, and you know, different conflicts that come, you can't go through life without being persecuted for your faith. And that's not only from unbelievers, that's from believers as well. And so when you come to those points, how do you keep going and not succumb to the discouragement or the condemnation and everything that comes is by embracing the cross. And Jesus said, take up your cross daily and follow him, which means there's opportunities every single day. We have opportunities to embrace the cross. And the cross speaks of, of death. That's what they did. They, they crucified people uh, to bring them to death for their crimes in that day. And our Savior got crucified when he had committed no crime. He did it for our crimes. And so when we take up our cross, it's identifying with that death. And when you're dead, you can't be, you know, miffed at anyone. You can't be angry. You can't, you know, you can't demand rights for yourself because dead people just don't do that. And so oftentimes it's a test. Okay, am I dead yet? Am I am I identifying with the uh, death of Jesus on the cross so that I can rise up with him in his resurrected life? And so death and resurrection, death and resurrection. And in every single um you know, part of your journey that is filled with conflict or resistance, opposition, warfare, that will get you through every single time. What does it look for me to die to myself and live for Christ? What does it look for me to manifest the Christ nature in me in this situation? Because you might never have opportunity again to do it in that way and in that sense. So when you come through a trial and you have um, embrace the cross and you have have manifest the fragrance of Christ's nature. There's such a such a fulfillment that comes with that. It's like a reward to your soul that says, oh Lord, thank you. You know, I am being empowered by your spirit to become more like you, to respond more like you. That's so powerful. Just what you've said then, honestly. Family, listen to that again. <laughs> It's just so succinct, but it's how you walk and overcoming life, literally, isn't it? I mean, every single day, living in the privilege of new creation life. So there, were, there was one key that I listened to you talking about, and I just thought it was so powerful. One phrase you used was moving in the opposite spirit, moving in the opposite spirit, moving in the spirit of Jesus in the face, and you were particularly dealing with offense, which is obviously widespread right now, particularly in the body of Christ. There's a lot of division and hurt and pain and and I think Holy Spirit's sweeping through and he's healing hearts and he's purifying us right now and removing this from our experience as the body of Christ. But I, I would love you to just teach us a little bit on that, Patricia, would you? Because it, it's just life-changing yeah. to know how to deal with offense righteously. 
Yeah, thank you. Actually, this is an area of tremendous passion for me right now, uh, Liz, because about a year ago, almost a year ago now, the Lord gave me an invitation. And he said, Patricia, I would like you um, to live a life that is unoffendable. And I thought, awesome, yeah. awesome. I, I would love that. And at the yeah. time, I actually didn't think I was easily offended. I didn't think I was until I was, you know. So I gave God my yes. And then um, it was like almost the next day, I found myself driving down the highway, getting offended with a driver that wasn't driving in the way that I thought they should be driving. So I'm <laughs> in my car being offended with them in the car ahead of me. And the Lord showed me, he said, see how easily you took that offense. And I'll just throw this in. If you are offended, it's because you took it. Offenses are not given. They're taken. So if you're offended, it's because you've taken them. So I discovered that I'd taken a few. And, uh, and you know, the more you focus on the subject, the more you realize when you are stepping into offense. So I started a journey at that time, getting really serious with the Lord about choosing to be unoffendable. And as I was seeking him on it, he was showing me it's all part of love. Because in 1 Corinthians 14, 1, it says, Let love be your greatest aim, yet desire earnestly spiritual gifts, and especially that you can prophesy. But in 1 Corinthians 13, it says you can prophesy accurately. You can have faith to move mountains. You can be generous and give everything you have to the poor. You know, you can be accurate in all those things and skilled in all those things. But if you don't have love, Paul says, you have nothing, you are nothing, and a prophet's nothing. And so here we are um, knowing God who is love, and we're commanded. There's actually a command to love. It's a new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. And so that is our commandment from Jesus himself. And in that commandment, all the other commandments are fulfilled. So in 1 Corinthians 13, when it outlines all the attributes of love, one of them is love is not easily irritated and it does not take offense. And so I thought, okay, if I want to be skilled in love, if I want to grow in love, if that is to be my greatest aim, I need to embrace an unoffendable life. And then the Lord started showing me the danger of even taking one offense. Because as we know, sin bears consequence. That's very clear in the scripture. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. if you're reading Old Testament, New Testament. It is consistent all the way through. Sin mm -hmm. bears consequence. It is not annihilated in the New Testament. There's consequence. And so when you, um, according to Romans 6, 6.16, when you give yourself over to sin, you become its slave. When you sow, you will reap. You know, all these scriptures there show a treachery concerning if we're sowing into the wrong thing or, or, or if we're giving ourselves to the wrong thing. So every time I'm offended, the Lord showed me there's five transgressions inside of every offense. So inside of offense, there's anger. Um, and you can't be offended without it. It might be just being slightly miffed or all the way to a full-on rage, but anger will be present. And the scripture says the anger of man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Now, there is a righteous indignation that we know is available, especially towards in injustices and that, but 
The thing is, anger cannot be placed against a person. It has to be against the transgression. You have to rightly divide that. So if you've got anger towards a person, it is like murder. That's what Jesus said. It's as a sin of murder. You know, so we have to realize that when we're offended, we're stepping into one of the transgressions is anger. The second one is bitterness. So mm. if if we look at sweet on one hand, bitter on the other, okay, there is a neutral ground in between, but very seldom are we neutral if we're really honest with ourselves. So if I think of most people, like when I think of you, Liz, when I hear hear your name, all of a sudden, pleasant thoughts come to my heart. Okay. I've I've spent time with you. We had dinner together. We, you know, mm -hmm. and I, I have pleasant thoughts towards you, positive thoughts towards you. That's what I call sweet. But if I'm looking at someone or thinking of someone, and these days a lot of people have told me when they think of certain politicians, they get really oh, negative, right? And so that negativity is showing you that there is um a bitter a bitterness in there it's not sweet it's bitter it's a bitter taste to your soul and so when we enter into offense we are engaging in bitterness and it teaches us in hebrews that 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 bitter root can defile many and of course with offense that's what we do we love to spread it we don't keep it to ourselves when we're upset about something irritated we want people to be on our side we're going to tell them what we think and especially today in social media in 2020 it was like a floodgate of evil opened up of fear and offense fear and offense fear and offense and it was just like a demonic onslaught filled the earth and it also filled the church. Unfortunately, we weren't guarded for it. And mm. so the bitterness that is in it, you can read it in people's social media posts. You can hear it on media, secular media news. You can hear politicians when they're campaigning. In fact, very seldom do you hear politicians tell you the good things they're planning on doing. They're just bitter against the other politicians and speaking against them. So this is the hour that we're living in. We need to have discernment to see what we're facing so that we don't connect with it. So mm -hmm. another one is judgment. When you are offended with someone, you're actually making a judgment. And we're taught that in the in the measure that we judge, we will be judged. And so um, when you uh, judge someone else, when you sit on the seat of judgment, and we're not to sit on the seat of judgment, because Jesus has invited us to the mercy seat. You know, that's where he speaks to us from is the mercy seat. Um, but um, uh, it, it can be from a casual opinion. Sometimes people say, I'm not judging, it's just my opinion, but you can feel, feel the judgment in that. So that's a third one. And the fourth one is unforgiveness. You cannot be offended and forgiving at the same time. It's one or the other. So and, mm -hmm. and so when you engage in offense, you're also engaged in unforgiveness. The danger of unforgiveness on any level, and this is very clear within Scripture, and you could especially look at Matthew 18 with the parable of the um, uh, master and the servant that, that, that owed him, him money. The gist of that is, at the end, end of the whole story, is that if you don't forgive from the heart, Neither will your heavenly father forgive you. And in the parable, the one who didn't forgive was put in prison until he could repay everything. Well, the thing is, we can't, we can't repay anything. You know, Jesus had to pay up for us. So if we let him pay everything for us, 
but we're not extending the same favor to others and forgiving them, then we will not be forgiven. And that's clear. Mm -hmm. I could go into a few scriptures on that, but that's very clear. So I think sometimes we don't realize the severe ramifications of being in unforgiveness. But the moment you're in offense, you're also in unforgiveness. You have not forgiven. And the fifth sin is pride. When you're offended, you are in a condescending position and you're looking down on the person that you are offended with. And so there are, um, you know, I've just written a book. It's called Live Unoffendable. It's um, actually, you can get it on Kindle. Um, you can get it on Bar Barnes and Nobles, all the different outlets there. Um, but in it, it has keys on how to overcome and live unoffendable, which means we, we live in love. So if you're living in love, you won't be offended. If you're offended, you're not living in love. And so with love being our greatest aim, we can live out our life without offense. And it is absolutely fun to have the Holy Spirit remind you when you've crossed the line into offense. In fact, I had a situation just the other day. My friend had gone to a doctor for some treatment. And the way that he treated her caused trouble. And when I'm looking at the trouble, I'm immediately shifting into offense of the doctor, not looking for a solution as to how we could fix it. But my first reaction was, what the heck did he do that way for? You know, why did he do that? You know, and I realized, mm -hmm. oh, my gosh, I stepped just like that into offense. Now, I'm not going to come under condemnation because I know that the moment that I see it, I can turn away from that. I receive forgiveness. But what it does when I'm alert to it is it is it helps me be more aware the next time. So mm -hmm. at first, when the Lord called me to this journey to live unoffendable, oh, my goodness, I was getting convicted five, seven, ten times a day on different <laughs> little thoughts that were going into my mind that were offendable thoughts. But now I can go days without any conviction. And hopefully mm -hmm. I'll get to be years without any conviction, you know. Yeah. So um, it, it's just like making love your greatest aim, making love your greatest goal in life. So that when there are justice issues, we can address them in truth and in love but it's not offense that is fueling us. So I think a lot of the things that even for our nation right now that we're up in arms over, and there's many areas of injustice and anti-biblical values that are out there that need to be addressed. But if we're addressing them from offense and not from Christ mercy seat, where we can speak truth in love, in wisdom and give confrontation in a proper way, then all of that is for nothing. And Liz, even prayer meetings, we go into prayer meetings, oh, let's pray for our nation. And it's full of bitterness. It's full of offense. Mm -hmm. Prayers are fueled by offense. And it says in, in the Psalm, I th think it's Psalm 68, maybe it, it says, if you regard iniquity in your heart, God will not hear. <laughs> so wow. if we're going into prayer meetings with the iniquity of offense and its five transgressions in us, and we're praying from that as a motivation, it's a waste of time. You might as well not even show up to the prayer meeting because God's not going to listen to it. And just maybe that's why we're not getting the breakthroughs 
that we are hoping to get. Maybe it's because the church is full of offense. And I've seen in conversations, one uh, church leader offended with, um, let's say, a seeker-friendly model of, 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 of church. And then I've heard seeker-friendly um, modeled leaders coming against the charismatic. They're all offended with one another, right? Is that solving a problem? Is that solving an issue? Is that making us more like Jesus? Is that is that fueling more Holy Spirit in all of us to express it the way that he's leading us? No, it's actually damaging the body. Mm -hmm. And in 1 Corinthians 11, where Paul talks about communion. He was not at the Last Supper, but the Lord revealed to him. And when you read 1 Corinthians 11, it is actually in the context of there being division in the church and betrayal. Division and betrayal. And so where does division and betrayal come from? Offense. Yeah. And so he's saying, don't take communion in an unworthy manner, because if you do, it'll, it'll speak judgment to yourself. And he says, that is why there's so many weak, sick, and even dying in your midst. Maybe the reason we have so many weak, sick, and dying churches is because of offense. So, um, you know, that's just a little snippet um, of, of where the Lord's leading. But it's like, what I'm dreaming big of, what would it be like, Liz, if we have a whole body of Christ in the world that is unoffendable? That is so full of love that we speak the truth and we don't bow. You know, if they say you can't preach the gospel, we'll say, sorry, we love you, but we're going to continue to preach the gospel. Uh, that's not going to stop us. Throw us in prison. We'll still preach it, you know, but but we're not offended. We're in yeah. love like Jesus yeah. was. And yeah. that's what I dream big of. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Gosh, that was it's so powerful. It's so important, this message right now. We just have to get hold of this truth and begin to step into it, don't we? I remember when you were speaking then, Patricia, I was reminded by Holy Spirit years ago, Jesus, uh, of, a, of a situation where I became offended with a friend of mine who was going through a very difficult time, but she was uh, through her insecurity and her pain, she was really becoming very controlling and very difficult and very accusational and judgmental. And I, without even realizing it, became offended with her. And I was in worship one day and Holy Spirit just spoke to me and he said to me, how much grace have I poured out in your life? And he spoke it so gently. And I knew that he was referring immediately to my friend, you know, to the situation. And his his conviction just came into my heart. I could feel the truth seeping into me, you know, as he spoke. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I just said to him, Lord, I'm so sorry. And he showed me that my attitude of heart was, uh, was, a, was sin, that I had moved into a posture of, of offense and it was wrong, you know. And so so I immediately repented and just got myself sorted out. And the Lord began to speak to me about the principle of praying for those who persecute you, praying for them and and aligning with his heart. And as I did that, I felt the warfare that had been coming around me because of this dynamic break. And my heart just began to flood with the love of Jesus. And I moved back into that amazing place of by his grace, being able to partner with him to come you know, from above in these situations and have divine perspective and be filled with his love to see this dynamic break off our lives, break off our relationship. But it taught me how to, in the midst of that moment, trusting the Lord with that situation, leaning into him, his power came through and everything began to change. 
isn't it? It's just it. his ways yeah. are amazing, aren't they? Oh, beautiful! Because you were moving in the opposite spirit, and it, and it doesn't yeah. make sense to the natural mind. Like Jesus said, "Bless those who curse you. Don't curse those who curse you. Bless them." It's moving right. in the opposite spirit. Love those who hate you. You know, it's a moving in the opposite spirit. So it's it's so beautiful. I love the kingdom. So do I. So do I. And it's and you. I mean, you exemplify that for us, Patricia. You teach us what it looks like when we do the word. We don't just hear the word. We actually do it in our lives. And then, uh, you know, like when you're speaking, there's impartation. Like I said at the beginning, that comes from you because you are you are embodying the truth. You are partnering with Jesus and so aware of your union. He just flows out of your life, and people are transformed by the truth you share. Like what you've just shared now is what you live. You know, so there's so much power on your words. Patricia, I can't believe how fast that time's going with you. Oh my gosh. Can can I ask you, would you pray for people that are struggling and stuck in offense right now? Yes, I would I would love to. And what will help all of you is if you can first of all identify the area that you're offended with. It might be someone uh, personal that you know or it could be someone that you've never even met. Many people today are offended with politicians that they've never met. They've never sat down and talked with them. I mean, this is very common. Uh, sometimes you can be offended with a church leader that or a evangelist that you see on television. You've never met them, but you could be offended. And um, so maybe identify the offense and then bring it before the Lord and say, Lord, I want to live unoffendable, so I'm going to lay this offense down. And you'll you'll love living that way because offense when it fills you, it poisons your system and it can give you sickness, disease, mental illness, all of the above, right? It just blocks the path of your blessing. So bring that before the Lord. But Father, I just pray right now for a conviction of your spirit to come so clearly to our hearts that we would know Lord, when when we're being tempted and that we would be able to overcome. And I just impart a strength, a discernment, Lord, a love for the truth, the ability to speak the truth in love without offense motivating it. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I just ask that you fill everyone who's watching right now, everyone who's listening to this podcast, Lord, that you fill them with your unconditional love that you showed towards each of us that would drive offense out of our life, drive it out of our mind, drive it out of our heart in Jesus' name. Amen. Wow. 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 Gosh, the presence of Holy Spirit right now. Wow is so strong. I agree. And I agree as well with the Lord's heart and with Patricia that each one of you would freshly experience the love of Jesus flooding your heart today, that the love of Jesus for you would be would literally dissolve any remaining fear or offense or fear-driven self-preserving behavior that is within you right now, that you would find yourself liberated from the things within you that have driven you to a point where you are offended with others or you're dividing away from people, that you would have fresh eyes to see from heaven's perspective through the eyes of God's heart, each person in your life, particularly those that are challenging for you at this time. Like Patricia said, those that see, you know and maybe those that you don't know where you're offended because of the position they hold right now or that whatever they're communicating that may be different to what you believe to be true, that you would see everybody through the eyes of his heart, the Lord's heart, and that you would love with his love and know the power of love that flows through us as we 
we live consciously aware of the union that we each have now, the privilege, the power of the union, of the oneness that we have with Jesus. I pray that this will be your experience today and you'll be transformed as you listen to this conversation. And if you can listen to it over and over, this key, this one key alone will change your life. So, Patricia, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank, thank you, you for sharing your heart with us and the wisdom that you carry. So, so lovely to be with you. And guys, thank you too for giving us your precious time today. We do pray that you have the most amazing week and I look forward to being with you again next week. God bless. Hi, if you really enjoyed today's show and you want to go deeper with Jesus and experience his love and his presence more than you ever have, then I have a present for you, a free gift. If you want to jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and just click on and sign up, then you will receive one of my teaching videos that I have created especially for you that will not only give you a few keys just very, very quickly that you can uh, utilize in your daily walk with the Lord, um, but also I'm going to take you there as well. So it's an activation. So yeah, so jump over to experiencinggodslove.com and you are going to be so blessed. <laughs>